this to the coaster girls. That's right. I was standing in the line for ERT when this fine ass girl started talking to me. She said she liked BM, man, Dar MC. I was hoping she would wanna take a ride on Z. So we rode the ride, arms up the whole way. Said she wanna ride Magnum, so I said okay. As we walked up and down the main midway, stopped off at the games cause she wanted to play. She said, hey Zach, I wanna ride in the back cause we'll get airtime like an ejector attack. Black in her thighs as we'll push to the sky. Can't fly, not tweety, but I try to be sly. She likes guys that can make her laugh a lot. Crack a joke, ride a ride, maybe smoke a little pot. She's a hot one, I got one thing I gotta say. Riding all the coasters together is for play. You could be my lift tail, I could be the launch track. You could be my lap bar, going down real fast. I could be your coaster boy, will you be my coaster girl? Getting intimate on intimates around the world. You could be my lift tail, I could be the launch track. You could be my lap bar, going down real fast. I could be your coaster boy, will you be my coaster girl? Getting intimate on intimates around the world. All the coaster boys follow her on Instagram. Looking good in every post, making me say, damn. All up on her story, she's as furious, so glorious. She's glad it was victorious. But GTA notorious She's ranking parts And breaking hearts And taking pics And talking shit And she just got Another kitty credit With a beast t-shirt And the next two hoodie No she ain't a goody goody Hope she wanna ride my woody Cause I'll steal away the night Under the light of the moon First drop of the voyage Coming up soon You know that you're nerdy If that's how you talk dirty But you can make it work If you're good And you're wordy Not a birdie But a tweet And a ladder While I'm at it Acting like an automatic With the way I fire rapid Never static Like a radio She's at a park I wanna go Cause every time we ride I ride together Got me saying You could be my lift tail I could be the launch track You could be my lap bar Going down real fast I could be your coaster boy Will you be my coaster girl Getting instrument on instruments around the world You could be my lift tail I could be the launch track You could be my lap bar Going down Click, 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 click. That's my favorite sound. Need a girl like an Intamin. Always down. If she says till vengeance ain't her favorite coaster, I throw the bitch out of my car and the ghoster. You're my number one credit, always in luck. Need you more than Rob Alvey needs Starbucks. Yeah, you're my roller coaster, Tycoon Deluxe. And Shockwave Dan telling you that your favorite coaster sucks. You could be my lift till I could be a launch track. You could be my lap bar going down real fast. I could be your coaster boy, will you be my coaster girl? Getting intimate on intimates around the world. You could be my lift till I could be a launch track. You could be my lap bar going down real fast. I could be your coaster boy. Boy, will you be my coaster girl? Getting intimate on intimates around the world. Welcome to the worst roller coaster podcast on the internet. Now, let's join Ben and Zach as they tell you why your favorite coaster sucks. I'm Zach and uh fucking Slayer. Wait, I thought I was Zach. Oh shit. Well, well there's a uh, You guys figure that out. I'm Ben and uh I'm in a hotel right now waiting on uh I don't fucking know. This sucks. <laughs> How are you guys? Zach, go. I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm just here in uh, my room by myself. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I mean, I followed you guys for quite a bit, and uh, it's awesome to finally be here. Well, thank All you right. for being here. I know for our uh, arduous booking process, um, there was quite some technical difficulties, but hey, we've we've arrived, and we are joined by. 
I almost said the one and only. But I don't want to. I don't want to say that when I'm about to say Zach. So uh, we are joined by Zach from the one and only Theme Park Media. Hey. So I know welcome. you. Uh, yeah. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank I know you so you're on YouTube. Me. Yeah, YouTube at Theme Park Media. I also got, got an Instagram. Other? Yeah, I got an Instagram Theme Park Media underscore. Just started that. Trying to grow it up. Uh, some other shout outs. I got my boy Hunter from Coaster Hunting on YouTube. Got to get him to pass my friend Itai. So guys go sub to uh, Hunter. And I also want to give a shout out to my boy Joaquin Phoenix for winning the uh, best actor at the uh, Oscars last night. All right. Shouts to Joaquin Phoenix then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Screw it, right? Okay, we're here in podcast land. Sorry, I was taking a bong rip. When you were saying that, so uh, I had to finish it, or else what kind of host would I be? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what are you what are you drinking on tonight, Zach? I got a nice uh, bottle of water. Perfect, right keeping hydrated. Ben, what do you got? So I have a plastic bottle of water and a like one point five liter stainless steel bottle of water that's it for now all right y'all yeah. are keeping it traded i'm over here sipping on uh vodka and diet coke that's uh yeah. that was my go-to when i was like 20 no shit uh, b- before i was like no before i went to ohio yeah before i went to cedar point that was my go-to like get drunk drink well it sucks I'll just say I only had a budget for one alcohol purchase and somebody's girlfriend wanted them to get vodka instead of beer. So I'm making do. Yeah, this is the first time this is the first time I'm recording from a hotel room on the road. So it kind of sucks. It's like throwing off my whole equilibrium. I'm sorry, man. That's okay. At least we know the studio is always mobile. Shout out to Marriott Spring Hill Suites. Actually, no, fuck them. <laughs> we're not we're not getting paid for that shit. Yeah, I'm gonna edit that shit right on out of there. <laughs> Unless they're giving us free rooms to go on trips and shit. <laughs> nice. So uh we normally just trade off on these news stories. Um if you want to go ahead and take the first one, Zach, feel more than welcome to. All right, for sure. So the first one, Six Flags Fiesta Texas is giving away free tickets to individuals who donate blood. I mean, honestly, <laughs> this doesn't really seem like a Six Flags thing to do. But I mean, hey, I mean, if they're trying to raise blood, I see it's a pretty good opportunity to go to Six Flags Fiesta Texas. And I mean, like, that's a that's a great deal if you want to go to Six Flags and but you have blood. But the thing that sucks though is that you still I still think you can't legally donate blood if you're gay. So this is discriminating <laughs> against gay people, which is kind of fucked up if you think about it. Yeah. Like, like I uh, mean, six flags stock well, has not been too good lately. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I think like actually you can donate it, but they just toss it. I think that's how it works. Oh, there you go. 
they're going to placate people. Right. That's okay. At least that means all the gay people can get free admission to Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if this is the smartest business. Like, their stock hasn't been too good, and now they're giving away free tickets. I don't. And the thing is, really is that the- not everyone. Yeah, and like, not everyone can donate blood. Exactly. That's not a you know. At least do something else charitable, like a food drive or a I don't know. Yeah. Volunteer Honestly. some hours, something. Pick up trash. In their park. They're like, they're like no, that's called community service. Fuck off. <laughs> I know, like, uh, uh, Kings Island is doing like a fundraiser for first riders to uh, get on Orion. So that'd be kind of cool to see something for like Fiesta Texas, like maybe to help out the Australian wildfires, you know, have a fundraiser and then maybe win tickets. I don't know. I just right. seem like a like a blood drive is kind of just something that's yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I mean it's I mean at least it's not like um donating like bone marrow. We've made a great way for me to parlay into the fact that uh we're going to have a meet up there at the end of this month. Just a few short weeks. I'm still I'm still down for that, I think. <clears throat> so You heard it here first, folks. Ben might be there. Work pending. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. Six Flags Fiesta Fest. It's happening at on the 29th, I want to say. Let's take a look at the calendar. Saturday the 29th, Six Flags Fiesta Texas. So I'll be there. Ben might be there. Come out, say what's up. Let's ride some rides. Yeah. Uh, now that we've said article? so many, yeah, yeah. Now that we've said so many good things about their uh, their opportunity to make good PR. Um, Ben, you want that next one? So the opening schedule for the Texas Stingray has been announced. Which is cool because actually I'm excited about the ride. It looks good. Um, hopefully that's the same weekend, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to say it again, y'all. Come on out, Six Flags Fiesta Texas Sea World that weekend, the 29th and the first. Your and favorite like coaster in the test runs <laughs> in the test runs of uh, Texas Stingray. That, that thing was hauling. That thing was flying. Have you guys seen the POV for? Uh... Yeah, yeah, this is great. So I think it it should be like um so I really like Gold Striker. Gold Striker is probably one of my favorite GCIs because so much of the layout is low to the ground and this ride looks very similar so I'm excited for that. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It doesn't look quite as good as Mystic Timbers, but it looks really good. I I, I can't stop comparing it to Mako. Mako, when it had hit its test runs original, that thing was flying through the through the course, but it's since slowed down a little bit. Maybe GCI is a little bit different, but you know, I really hope that it keeps up the speed that it's it's going now. I mean, I think all coasters have like a break in period. So yeah. like Well, it's also like wheel combinations. So on B and M's there's like the two there's like polyurethane and there's nylon, and I think 
is it nylon that runs in winter or like winter months? Yeah. So one one of them basically runs faster. And so that's actually why, like, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they use those when they test the rides in the beginning. But that's also why, like, B&M seem to run faster in the wintertime than they do in the summer. Um, I discovered this at Six Flags Great America when I rode Raging Bull. It was, like, the best ride I had on it, and it was, like, a super cold, windy day. But the wheel combination must have been just right. That's dope. Well, Texas Stingray looks fucking awesome. I hope it's open for when you guys go. That'd be awesome. I mean, I think the 29th is announced as the opening day, and they're doing a pass holder preview the weekend before that. So that'll be this coming weekend. Not this weekend, but the one coming up on the date of release here. And happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And I'm going to throw in a... Since it's a wooden, since it's only a wooden coaster, you'd think they'd have everything ready by opening day. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, it's already been testing, so you'd think that they'd have it ready, but we shall see. I just want to keep that as like a meme idea, just the you'd think. Yeah, you saw what I texted you. Yeah. all right so yeah real quick one more plug six flags fiesta texas sea world texas on the 29th and first come on out say what's up let's see here shit i clicked on the wrong thing six flags is going to become the first park chain to be a fully certified autism center like the entire chain all of them are going to be fully certified autism centers is that something that cedar fair does like uh is that something i mean like that they're interested in because i mean that uh, again Valley that doesn't fair exactly and dorney park are but those are the only two i know of that i can confirm at this time off the top of my head i mean like again that doesn't sound like a six flags thing I mean, right. I'm all for it, but it just doesn't sound like something that their business is. I don't know what you guys, uh, what you guys are thinking I, about it. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking they probably what they did was they probably looked at the qualifications to become an official autism center and did the bare minimum. So maybe it's like, um, you know, they slightly redesign one of the like one of the play areas and they add like a you know like a quiet zone. I, I can't imagine you need that much to become an official autism center. So I'm sure that's bare minimum. Yeah, I'm with that. It's like, oh, how much is it going to cost for every park to do it? Okay, cool. We're in. Right. But also they get all that free PR out of it because, holy shit, it ended up on this news cycle. Yeah, but at this point in their stock, it's like they'll do anything. Shit, that's what I'm saying. Like blood, blood donations, autism centers. They're they're desperate. They probably hired like- some like marketing consulting firm, and they're doing like the most bare bones service of like, yeah, you can do this, this, this. So next week, maybe we'll see like um, I don't know. They like planted twenty trees somewhere. 
or something. <laughs> Do you think like these are maybe nods to trying to be more open with the community and trying to make their image look a little bit better? Try and get their stock up? Could that be like a... Oh, it's stock. It's pure profit. You think so? Like, in my... Oh, yeah. I don't think they give a fuck. Like, I'm just Come... thinking like SeaWorld. SeaWorld is more like, since their like, uh, issues back in 2016, like they've become more like family friendly, more about the life of animals. I'm thinking maybe like Six Flags stock is low, so they're trying to do more better things. I don't know. To try and, that could be. Uh, uh, like just the, boost, the difference, like, though, is like SeaWorld. So it's like SeaWorld is removing prime attractions, aka all their animal shell, all their animal like prisons. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, we have to replace them with something. So we're going to replace them with big roller coasters. I mean, it's worked like, pretty well for them so far. Yeah. And Six Flags can't do that. So they're like, well, we can at least make our parks autism centers and. Hey, if you donate blood, we'll get you in the. We'll give you a ticket. And also with Six Flags, it's like, it's not like their stock has ever been high. It's either like, oh, it's low, or it's like, oh, they're doing okay. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, they're, when a, I, they're when still I a pretty of- big company, but it's pretty insane to see their profits. When I think of blood drive i don't think of uh, like blood drive and free tickets it doesn't make me think profit it like makes me think more like satisfaction like spread the good words of let's try to rebuild i don't know. i just feel like well, it's kind of like an attempt to rebuild from their like from their stock crashing well i don't think that all three companies being Six Flags, Cedar Fair, and SeaWorld are going to survive the 2020s. I think by the time 2030 is here, there's going to be a consolidation. I'm not sure how much, I don't know if it'll be one company or two companies left. But well, all three of those companies will still be around when 2030 is here. Yeah, but it's weird. Like, I think that and I want to believe it. But at the same time, like, um, I almost feel like it would have happened already. Like, that, that's like my only that's my only like, um, like reservation on that thought is that if it if it could happen, I think it would have happened. Because it's been so close in the past. I mean, because wasn't there technically like a? Well, I don't know. Like when, well, like Six I think Flags of like put in a bid for both Cedar Fair and SeaWorld in 2019. Yeah. So it's not it's like it's like, that far off. Well, it's almost it's almost like none of the company, all the companies are too poor to buy each other. <laughs> so it's just like. It's got to be, it's got to come from somewhere else. Like maybe some, you know, some like offshore company will come in and do like a generic sweep up of all the companies, but. Merlin buys everything. That would honestly yeah, be pretty like, cool. I don't know. Everything becomes Legoland. They're also making a Legoland <laughs> New York. I'm going to be close to that. I'm kind of excited for that. That does sound kind of cool. On a little bit of a different note. 
I mean, yeah, their their parks are more for the family, which you know, you know, there's a there's a market for that, but uh, I'm uh, definitely gonna go check it out when it opens. Well, you're talking about New York parks. Um, go ahead with that next news story. Sea Breeze's Jackrabbit roller coaster is turning 100 years old. That's epic. Holy moly. That's my 200th coaster. That's like riding an antique. Like, it must be awesome. so janky. Dude, that's epic. That A park can keep something like that around for so long. Yeah, I got to give him credit for that. I mean, like, I feel like kind of the way some people feel about, like, aged wines or whatever. It's like, I don't know, there's all this history. You know what I mean? Right. Well, like, Like um, how long? Well, remember when Leap the Dips was 100 years old and that was, like, a big deal? I think there's actually going to be quite a few roller coasters turning 100 like within the next decade you know what i mean like we're to we're now like like 100 years old is not even going to be that big of a deal roller coaster wise we're all getting older the the coney island cyclone will be 100 in this decade yeah yeah there's there's a few of them isn't cedar point turning 150 150 years old i mean that's pretty uh that was one of the first American parks. That's a that's had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. The um, let's see. There's also um, well, there's like all the like I think the Jer- some of the Jersey Beach parks are kind of old too. No, maybe not. There's a few okay. There's a few on the East Coast that are old as fuck. Like, isn't Rye Playland like old too? Yeah, Rye Playland's old. That predates Disneyland. And like, let me think here. Knotts wants to claim that they're a hundred, but they were a chicken restaurant before anything else. Right. Yeah, that doesn't count. But when didn't they have a? The, uh, uh, I, I would say I, I would I would count Knotts with their first their first ride attraction, whatever the hell that was. But you know, when it comes to like the Sea Breeze coaster, how long do you think a coaster like that has left? Because a hundred years is pretty. It's it's good. Like it's a really good amount of time for a coaster to be up. But is a park really going to want to keep the maintenance and like what are they benefiting from a ride being so old? Well, have you been on that ride? I have not. So it's definitely more like <coughs> now what you excuse me. <coughs> now what you considered like a family coaster. It's really not intense in forces or anything. Exactly. So yeah, like, plus with plus with wooden coasters, you rebuild them after a certain point. Everything becomes replaced. Yeah, that's like, probably like it's probably on the fifth or sixth full track iteration it's been on. So I guess my question is, do you think they'll keep refurbishing it and keeping it around? Or do you think there'll be like kind of like a limit? You know, to there's like no need to keep building on such an old coaster. You know? For as long as that park is profitable, I don't see them doing anything with that ride. 
I, mean, I can understand that. I mean, that's a great park. I love that park. Yeah, it's. Um, I only got to spend like an hour there, but it was fun. It was charming. Yeah, that's what's nice about it. It feels like a small town park. So, like, it's fantastic that that ride's been around for 100 years. Mm-hmm. And, like, big ups to Seabreeze for keeping it around for 100 years. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, as grim as this will sound, that ride will keep operating long after I'm gone. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, Ben, go ahead. We got one more news story. All right. So, <clears throat> Fuji Q Highland is adding a $33 million <laughs> dollar coaster. I know it's roller coaster. Sorry. Um, no details or anything. But $33 million, that's like um, shit. That's probably like what uh, like Steel Dragon costed. That's uh, probably like Millennium Force price. I don't know about inflation or all that, but it looks to be pretty big. That sounds The point big. that a lot of people bring up is since it's in Japan with a lot of earthquakes, they need to build more of a structure to it so it can withstand those earthquakes. So that kind oh, of yeah. adds to the price a little bit. So, I mean, we could be looking at not a huge coaster, but since... They need to brace for impact that could add to make it that high price tag. Well, I've also heard that's about what they paid for Asian Ica. And okay. I mean, oh my God, X2. And I've heard Asian Ica is better. So like, and that's apparently yeah, I mean, about what they paid for Takabisha too. I could see like them that uh, think. getting a B&M. I think a B&M would be a pretty cool fit. But have they ever had a BNM? Like they don't have one in their lineup right now. I don't No. Looking at the plot of land, like the land that they have, they don't have too too much. So piecing things together like another Edgenica sized ride, I think something in that market. So, you know, it could be a BNM hyper. But that doesn't scream thirty three million dollars to me, even with but I mean, hey. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, like a multi-launch. Maybe that's that's where that rumored B&M 4D will go. That would be awesome. Honestly, B&M making a fourth dimensional coaster, that would be so cool when you think about like a modern take on Edgenica. Like that just in general would be so cool. But with Edgenica being at the other side of the park, I'm not sure if they would add another 4D coaster. I don't know, like, they have two solid launch coasters, Taka Beach and Dododompa. I don't know. I think a B&M would be actually be a pretty cool fit overall. Because it's something new. Does a... Uh, next closest B&M, I think, has got to be at uh, Nagashima. Well, what, are they going to add, like, a dive? Oh, you know what? <laughs> I feel like dives, a dive coaster would probably be, no, actually, you know, okay. So you know how like the whole thing about how uh, Nagashima Spotland typically mirrors Cedar Point? That's why I was thinking a dive. Why? What do you think? But I mean, like if 
if they, if, I could see Nagashima Spawnland adding a dive coaster, but I'm saying like I don't know about Fujiku. I, I could see Fujiku adding like something more like a kind of more of a, like a sketchy prototype, more edgy attraction instead of a BNM. I mean, it's really all up in the air for what they could add because their last coaster they're overdue around 11 years. So when you're kind of trying to predict what they could add, it could really be a toss up because. I mean, they kind of have that dive coaster filled with Takabisha, you know, the big drop. I don't think they need to add another big drop. But, I mean, a traditional hyper coaster is a pretty noticeable gap. When you look at a lot of parks, they have that traditional hyper coaster. So, I think that could be plausible, especially with the earthquake support. I could see that price tag, don't, maybe. Don't they have Fujiyama? Is that a... Tr- that, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was the first hyper twister coaster. Despite what Six Flags Great America would like to tell you about Raging Bull. Oh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> That's true. Although it's not a traditional hyper, it's very much a layout similar to the Coney Island Cyclone. Mm hmm. Couldn't they put like more of a modern take? Like being the first hyper twister coaster, it could be, you know, add something like Shambhala or like Candymonium. That would give a much more modern, more, you know, a more, uh, I don't know, open approach to like a new hyper coaster because, you know, it's not uncommon to see a park with more than two coasters over 200 feet. And with Fuji Q like being that park of like records, like, Takabisha, world's steepest, you know, edge like a fourth dimensional, world's fastest accelerated launch coaster. Mm-hmm. Adding like a modern hyper coaster to maybe top tallest hyper coaster, I could see that being an option. You know, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but put in the T Rex. Put in the T Rex. A T Rex at Fuji Q would be awesome. That would be. Yeah, awesome. you know what? That'd be pretty dope. Like that as a hyper would be really cool. Yeah. Yes. Well, hopefully that's uh hope again. I don't know. We'll all have to keep our, our our eyes peeled as best we can because I don't know Japanese. Maybe Don could help us out or something. I don't know. Right. Um we'll see. So uh we got a fun segment here. I really like this one. I know Ben digs it too. Zach, I hope you enjoy it. Ben, you ready? Yeah. This is our Killer Coaster of the Week. And this week's Killer Coaster is Le Vampire at Le Ronde. So it's a Batman clone. I don't know. It's reverse. It's It's mirrored. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Okay, well, I like the mirrored one better, I think. I haven't been well, like, on the mirrored ones are just yet. But when it comes to like inverts, I'm a huge invert fan and the Batman clones, you know, they I always get a good kick out of them. And uh I gotta give it to Laurent, honestly. Yeah, I still I still like the Batman clones. I generally if I'm riding a new one, I usually get still kind of excited because I really enjoy the ride. It's weird, Batman is actually it seems to go up on my list. As I get older and ride more shit. 
it's so intense. Yeah, like it, it makes you appreciate old B and M because oh, in like because yeah. in like every time I ride a new invert, I'm just I'm like disappointed, and it feels so, so forceless. And are you saying like you no take like a, You're saying you take like a Batman clone over like the newer like Banshee. Like you think that like, oh, that's yeah. more? Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, I the Banshee Batman has, clones like, were the first model where I actually grayed out, and it was kind of cool. Because, uh, you know, graying out for the first time is pretty scary. But I just I enjoy the Batman clones. They're actually something that I would go to in a park, <laughs> like a new park that I'm going to because I enjoy them so much. Yeah, All right, I love Batman, but I got to back this up for a second. Hold on. Am I the only person that's never grayed out on a fucking coaster? You haven't grayed out on a coaster. No. Have you been on I-305? No. But I've been no. on several Batmans. I've been on Titan and Goliath. See, I, I gray out when it doesn't matter what the ride is. I gray out if I'm dehydrated. That's really That's like same with me. I could ride. I've grayed out on like fucking wizard because I was too dehydrated. So, um, but as far as, you know, but like I've ridden Titan and not grayed out. I've ridden I three hundred five and not grayed out, so it's just kind of. I think it just depends on like your body's condition at the time. I, I kind of maybe kind of feel the same. Maybe the diabetes helps you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I kind of feel the same way when it comes to graying out because, like, usually if I'm hydrated, I don't really feel it all that much. But like when it comes to I three hundred five, there's always. I always gray out no matter what the circumstances, even on the fast turns, you got a little bit of graying out, but you, usually if I'm hydrated, then it's not too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm an anomaly thus far. I'm going to knock on wood there. But the, yeah, um, I, for for inverts and graying out and stuff, I still think that one of the weirdest graying out sensations I've had was on a silver bullet in the helix, which really? the rest of the ride's not very forceful, but then for some reason the helix is like really forceful. Um, and I remember getting this weird sensation, like I like basically blacked out and my nose felt like a, you know, like when you have a nosebleed and it feels and kind of like smells and tastes like blood you know that like weird yeah. feeling i had that but like in the helix which is a little weird could you but. compare that helix to like uh the final helix on the batman clones is it that intense or is would you say it's more i think that silver bullet it's because it's a longer helix i think it's just because it's sustained i don't know if it's really yeah. like more forceful but it's like you know it's a, it's like a it's a full 360, I think. But I always kind of grayed out a little bit on Montu's final inversion. It's just really whippy. I'm not too sure, you know, why, but it always kind of threw me into the back of my seat and always gave me that little of a little of a gray out. So I mean, other than yeah. a Helix, because Helix always get me, but I would have to say like the final inversion. <laughs> yeah, Montu. Yeah, it's Montu's fun just because it's whippy and it's big. See, a lot of people don't like Montu and they hate on it. And I I just want to disagree because it has some great elements. Like the zero G rolls, I unpopular opinion. 
but I prefer the zero G roll on Matsu over Kumba. I don't know why Kumba just seems a little overrated to me, but like the zero G roll is legendary. The bat wings legendary. And like mm-hmm. the ride is just, it's worth it. You know, a lot of inverts in specific going to helixes and they're over. Machu pops into some trenches and into a couple more inversions, and I respect that. Yeah, totally. I love Montu. I also love Kumba. Montu's probably one of my favorite inverts. Kumba was my 100th credit. And, you know, I like it. It's nothing against, not that I don't like it, but I got to say, I do prefer Montu a little bit. I thought it was, Kumba was a little bit overrated. But, uh, well, like, maybe it's just the day thing, I was writing it. Yeah, I mean, the fun thing about Kumba, though, is that Kumba is all, it's kind of like the, it's like everything about B&M summed up in one ride. It's almost like, exactly. it's like Kumba, did, it's like Kumba did everything that B&M has ever done, but like first. So it's almost mm-hmm. like uh, riding it nowadays. It's like, oh, I've literally done every one of these elements before, but it's like the first on that one. It's like Kumba is so old school. Like you got to yeah. love it for that. It's just it feels old but it feels like it feels traditional. I yeah. you can definitely feel the difference between it and newer B&Ms. Like comparing it I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like it rides the track different than say, you know, Mako. Mako being much newer. It just gives that old vibe and I think that's what boosts me to like like it a little bit more, but yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, I think the old B&Ms definitely have a feel. Like, um, riding Raptor at Cedar Point last year, I felt the same way. Like, it was the first time I've ridden Raptor where I was like, holy shit, this ride is old. Like, these are getting old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can feel the age in the ride. Um, there, It's kind of, but it's like, unlike riding an old arrow, you still don't have that much headbanging, but... Oh, by the way, what this ride killed somebody, right? Maintenance worker, I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I didn't pull up the story. It's on Wiki somewhere. You want to look up the ride or whatever? It's on Wiki. Have at it. Sorry what if that's the laziest ass host response ever in podcast history, <laughs> but I'm making a drink, so you know. Um, Wasn't there an accident with a raptor? Uh. A little while. Yeah, back. we've covered uh, Raptor in the Killer Coaster segment before. Is it kind of the same uh, mistake as what happened with the Vampire? Oh, you know, with invert coasters, it's always totally the same thing? old story. Somebody's Which, in an like, area how... under the track, right? When the ride is operating, and I mean, what else do you need to know? Not to mention, like, um, I mean, I don't know how the fuck you don't hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, BMs are loud as fuck. They're like, especially those older ones. Yeah, the like, loudest you know, Six B&M. Flags. Yeah, Six Flags didn't you work- pay to fill that one with tra- with sand, so you know it's loud as fuck. Like, the and you know it, it, it. Yeah, and if you fucking work on the ride. Like you, th- you should know. Oh, here's that sound. I got like forty seconds to duck. <laughs> you know, like 
it should be very familiar. Either that or maybe you're so desensitized to the sound that you don't think about it. Who knows? You know, on the topic of like B&Ms being loud, the Green Lantern at Six Flags Great Adventure, that has one mean B&M roar. Maybe it's because uh, the age being Chang, being a re- relocated coaster, but that's got a loud roar. And I mean, like talking about, you know, going back to like the vampire, if it's kind of along the same lines, it's kind of like a, you know, what are you doing, kid? Like, how can you not, you know, see it coming? But well, um, Green Lantern's on a parking lot, right? Yeah, it's it's literally a parking lot coaster right on the edge. And also, I feel didn't like... Kentucky Kingdom build that before Six Flags yeah. owned it? Yeah, it was Ching. It's a uh, relocated. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I wrote it. Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom, but I think Kentucky Kingdom wasn't owned by Six Flags when they actually built that ride. I I think yeah, you are you're right with that. I think it was because it was weird ownership. It was like Kentucky Kingdom, Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom, and now it's back to just Kentucky Kingdom. And I think the OG Kentucky Kingdom built that, and that was holy like shit. That. I just opened up RCDB and the fucking random coaster is goddamn Green Lantern. What <laughs> is RCDB <laughs> listening to my conversation? Hey, Dwayne, get your ass on this show already. <laughs> that's um, kind of mental. So Kentucky King. Oh, so RCDB doesn't really have the. Oh, wait, no, here we go. So it was, yeah, Kentucky Kingdom from 98 to 2009 or Six Flags from 98 to 2009. But it was Kentucky Kingdom until 97, and Chang opened in 97. Yeah. Weird. That's an odd ride, because it's so huge. So again, yeah, Six Flags didn't pay for shit except to get that ride out of that park. You know, they weren't filling that shit with sand either, so it's a relocated one. It's big. Mm Mm-hmm. And it has those heavy ass trains. Yeah. Just and looking at the ride photos now, like it's it looks like such an odd roller coaster for some reason. Like it looks like it should have been a floorless, but they didn't have a floorless train. I feel like it would be kind of it would be a good decision to make it floorless, but then again, Bizarro's at the other end of the park. So right. I mean, I think they're just stuck with the whole. Unless it maybe be brought back the old school B&M sit down trains that could kind of give something different, but or they swap the train like make, make Medusa stand up <laughs> or, or just swap the trains. Awesome. <laughs> that would, that would be a cool like event, you know, like for the season, maybe kind of yeah. like how they did the vampire backwards, maybe like switch up the trains. That would be a pretty cool experience, especially oh, with yeah. the bizarro being the, a clone. Kind of riding a clone in a different way would be a really cool experience. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that'd be fucking dope if they put stand-up trains onto uh, Medusa, uh, whatever the fuck, Bizarro, whatever the hell it's called now. Um, yeah. B&M, y'all. B&M. <laughs> All so, right. Yeah, we got a fun-ass segment next, and I accidentally just 
closed my Google Doc. That's cool. Wait, no, I didn't. Here it is. Awesome. Ben, you ready? Yeah. Let's All right. Go. We got an awesome segment here. It's time for the Disney Minute. The Disney Minute. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. We're going to go get our tickets and head to Disneyland. We're back at the happiest place on Earth. Disneyland. Welcome, everyone. I'm here today at Disneyland. Today we are going to talk about things we wish we'd known before we went to Disney World. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. Disney World welcomed football MVP Patrick Mahomes. Soaring over California will return to Disney's California. Or Food and Wine Fest. Go ahead. Resolution. <laughs> that that was a that was a pretty good run. <laughs> we almost made it we through it, that. y'all. We aced that. We were so close. <laughs> wow sorry i got i i saw the double space and got caught up <laughs> <laughs> no problem my, my, my brain is just... double space okay <laughs> dude i'm so hungry sorry i like that uh, authenticity though <laughs> that's All the right, best way you... to do it so now this is this is the fun part of the show we're going to ask you our interview questions, Zach. You ready for this? Hell yeah. All right. So first and foremost, what's the worst coaster you've been on? Unpopular opinion. I'm going to say Raging Cajun at Six Flags America. Don't know what it is. A lot of people like these, like, uh, like the family-style spinning coasters. They're not for me. I, uh, I can't really stand those things. All right. I remember that at uh, Great America. Yeah, yeah. I remember that here at my home park. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, I cannot stand it. Bottom of my list, even over their SLC, which is pretty bad, but not sure what it is about. I just cannot stand that ride. Damn. Yeah, I mean, they're okay. They're, um, it's like depending on the ride, though, they can be pretty painful. Maybe as I rode it by myself, so maybe I didn't spin, or maybe I was off balance, and maybe I spun too much. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't something that I would jump back in the line for. Well, there was some weird weird rumor that when I was running at Great America, that the maintenance actually greased the um, like the bearing for the spinning pretty well, so it spun pretty crazy. Which, like, I, I think that was probably the best spinning on those I've had because the one at the one at Mount Olympus sucked. Like, it doesn't spin at all. And then a few of them, like, you don't really spin. You just sort of, like, pivot side to side. See, like, this is the thing with me. I went on Rockstar at Fun Spot, 
And I didn't really have that much of a issue with that one compared to Raging Cajun. I don't know what it is with Raging Cajun in specific. Maybe they did grease and uh, they spun faster. But I I waited like 25 minutes for it. And it's just, it's a cred that I don't mind if I didn't get. It's uh, it's just kind of there. It's filler. Yeah. At this point too, it's pretty old. It's a carnival yeah. coaster. Yeah, that's already. Yeah, for a traveling coaster, it's pretty old. It's had its life cycle. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to go off script on some questions just because, like, I like to know more about people. So, like, what's your where do you live and like, what are your what's your home park? So I live in Connecticut and I'm about an hour from Six Flags, New England. So that's my home park. And something, if you want to know me a little better, I don't like my home park. It's never done anything for me. To me, it's pretty compared to some other Six Flags parks I've been to. But looking at it from an enthusiast point of view, we got two good things. We got Wiki and Superman, and that's kind of, it bottoms out from there. I see a bunch of clones and relocated coasters. But um, yep, Six Flags New England. Six Flags New England is my home park. Yeah, I mean, like, my impression of every time I've been there is that it's kind of small, but, um, yeah, it's, but at the same time, like, I don't ride anything else. I usually just ride Superman. Exactly. Um, or either before or after when it was, you know, Cyclone. Um, I do, I do like Dark Knight a little bit. It's like fun when there's it's no just, line. It's just a park full of filler coasters. Like, when you think about it, we haven't gotten, an original solid coaster since Superman. There have either been relocations, clones, or retrofits. I mean, the most notable one is Wicked Cyclone, and that was just the retrofit. And that love that ride. Well, but what like, about uh, what about like Goliath? Like, did you ride the other giant vo- like the giant boomerangs? I've only or is been that on the Goliath. Only yeah, I've only been on Goliath. It's I didn't really like Goliath, and I hear that with the old staggered seating trains. It was it was much more enjoyable, but I just I cannot enjoy Goliath. I think that if it were smoother, it'd be much better. But for me, that land that it sits on is prime land for a raptor. Uh, it is a waste of space. Yeah, well, especially having two boomerangs side by side, literally right next to each other. It's uh, I mean, Six Flags New England has three Vacomas. And they're like, they're not the modern Vacomas. They're like the old bland Vacomas. I do got to give a shout out to the SLC because by no means is it the best coaster in the park, but it's a pretty enjoyable for what it is. It's got the vest restraints and I would say the smoothest SLC that I've been on, especially before it was Mind Eraser. Now it's Riddler's Revenge. Much better change. I will give it to that. And I mean, like even Superman, Superman... Like the restraints, not a that kind of kills the ride experience. Of course, the T bars would be preferred, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a park full of filler, in my opinion. Other than Superman and Wiki. Oh my god, that's definitely the park where the new kids on the block got their start. All right, I'm an old man. Cool. Yeah. Wait, really? <laughs> Yeah. 
Like they had a concert there? They did a lot of concerts there when it was. Was that back when it was Riverside? River Town or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Riverside. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool when you go to New Six Flags because all the buildings are still Riverside, like Riverside General Store, you know, Riverside, you know, supplies, and then you just go. It's kind of like a throwback because if you're, you know, if you're knowledgeable about it, and you know that it was once Riverside Amusement Park. It's kind of a cool throwback. Just driving through that town. Mm-hmm. So, with cool parks, what park has the best bathrooms, in your opinion? You know, I love SeaWorld. I might have to say a SeaWorld park. I mean, if we're counting Disney, I have to give it to Disney. Because Disney's just, it's clean. But... Is there a particular Disney restroom? Because we had a guest on a couple weeks ago who... Uh, particular Disney restroom. He said something nice about the Tangled bathroom, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, he got a button there. First poop in the Tangled bathroom. <clears throat> nice. <laughs> I mean, the one that, like, I don't know. The one that sticks out to me is the one near near Rockin'. Not that it's anything special. I'm not too sure. I'd have to like put some more thought into into bathrooms. Oh man, we got a thinker here. <laughs> you know, like trying to think of some high quality bathrooms that Disney has. I'm not too sure. I'm not usually in the bathrooms. I'm usually on the reds. I'm gonna have to stay with I'm gonna have to stick with the one near Rockin'. All right. Another vote for Disney here on your favorite coaster sucks for bathrooms. What uh what's the worst media day or coaster enthusiast event you've been to or like opening day? So I have not been to Media Day or Coaster Enthusiast event. That's gonna change coming up in late May with Hollywood Nights. So, I mean, opening day, I I haven't really had a bad opening day experience. I could give a bad experience that I've had at any park if you uh, guys have some time to hear my rant. Yeah, right. We love sure. rant. I, yeah. I, I cannot stand Six Flags. And look, they they plummeted. I hope they can recover in some sort of way. I, I hope they can find their own business. But, you know, here's my rant. So... As a coaster YouTuber, kind of, I want to get footage. I feel that I should be able to go into a, like a public place, especially if they they allow cameras in, and I should be able to take my film everything. So I've been going to on my 2020 road trip. I went to tons of Cedar Fair, SeaWorld parks. Incredible! I have a gimbal for my camera, put it right on my gimbal, and I film smooth footage. But when it comes to Six Flags New England specifically. They did not let my gimbal in because it could be used as a weapon. All right, fine. So I had to go back to my car, put all that away, came back. My camera would not let my camera in, had to go back to my car. And now this is where it just, this is where it pissed me off because we were uh, season pass holders because it's a home park. Might as well get the season pass while we're there. You know, my family was like, how do we return these season passes? Because they were being rude. They were being, it was just horrendous. And 
they no longer allow GoPros in the park because on-ride filming, blah, 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 whatever. So my GoPro's at home, but I have a GoPro mount in my bag. My bag's holding all the, you know, um, everything that we would need in the park. And they would not let my bag go through because it had a GoPro mount, even though I did not have my GoPro. So that was a horrible experience. And walk in the park, and I see at least three people with GoPros. And it just blew my mind. But that's not the worst experience I've ever had at a theme park. We got to go to Six Flags Over Georgia for that. What a horrible day I had at Six Flags Over Georgia. Now, I have heard some great things about this park. You know, nice you know, nice employees. It's pretty. A lot of footage that I've seen on it made it look to be like a really high-end um Six Flags Park, even though it might not have the greatest coaster collection. So I went there and Twisted Cyclone was open. Goliath was open. Good. Happy for those. Daredevil Dive was closed. Mindbender was closed. There were people on the track, so I didn't even know if they were going to open it. Batman was down for a little bit. Nighthawk, or what was it? Blue Hawk? That got stuck on the lift hill. That eventually opened. And then also... Oh, I'm sorry. Blue Hawk got stuck in the station and Great American Scream Machine got stuck on the lift hill. So that was my day. So the park is packed. The rides that are open have horrendously long lines. Luckily, in the end of the day, they all opened. Like within the last couple hours I was there, they all opened. I was able to get on all of them except for Daredevil Dive. That one was closed. But overall, I just I can't say I recommend the park. The employees were... Like the employees would see a friend in line and they would get distracted by their friend rather than checking the restraints. Obviously they would eventually, but they just got distracted easily. And that could be frustrating when you're waiting in line for quite a bit. It's kind of a busy day and you just want to get on the ride, especially if it's just the great American screen machine. You just need the credit. And you got to leave. Uh, I could not find water. It was hot. There was garbage. Now you can think that I'm making this up, but I, I'm being dead serious, and I wish I got footage of this. There was a park map on the track of Twisted Cyclone. A park map in the station. Just how careless do you have to be to have a park map on the track of Twisted Cyclone? I swear, I wish I had footage of it, but... I, and when you say track, you mean like on the rail? On the rail. Like the nice. wheel went over it. <laughs> I totally can see that. It was in the station, so it wasn't like it was messing up the you know turns or it would slide off. Like it was right there on the rail, and like you would see the train come over and just like obviously there's a little bit of a wheel gap. They just think over it, and it's how careless do you need to be? They obviously saw it because I mean when you're looking at the track all day, you got to see a park map on the rail. And how did that even get there? It's not like someone can just drop a map and it luckily land on the rail. I don't know. It's beyond me. But that was my day at Six Flags over Georgia. Not saying I want to go back anytime soon. Yeah, I had I had a pretty bad experience there with uh it's happened it happens every once in a while where you know employees will close a ride line, you know, a couple minutes before the closing time, but then you know, play the whole like, oh well it says it's nine o'clock on my watch type of yeah. thing. That's so annoying. Oh. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe it was 
you know, being near Atlanta, the ride ops kind of a not really, I don't know, like a not really there to please the the guests, more of just to be there, get paid. But they uh, they weren't that great, and plus on top of that, they staple, so it's kind of hard to get airtime when they staple. But overall, I got all the creds except for one, so I can't really complain on that end. Well, I mean, like six flags. I mean, that park or that or blah, that six flags is a pretty large park, so they probably just employ. Yeah, it's like just teens who need a job. It was like it was frustrating because they would just I'd be in line, and then like their friend would hop in the station. Obviously, they wouldn't wait in line. They just I don't know how they just cut the line, and I'd be like, hey, you know, their handshakes and everything, and then I'd be talking to them, maybe while the train's rolling out, but. I some of the worst ride ops I've ever ever experienced. So yeah, that's my experience. I don't really like Six Flags. I'd way rather spend my money at Cedar Fair or especially SeaWorld. I mean Yeah, it's Six Flags. You get what you pay for. Exactly. And like their season passes are just so cheap and their stock is down. And then going back to the whole blood drive thing, it's giving away free tickets. I don't know. They, they got to have some sort of method to what they're doing. Because I do hope that they can, you know, find their way back into the draft and build their parks. You know, right. Everybody get people in so they buy food. <laughs> Honestly, buy your chicken tenders that you sell at every corner. Montreal sticks, JBs you have at every park. It's, you know, it's just typical, just borderline typical amusement park. That's just never really like Six Flags. Well, until, I mean, until you can make like, a, you know, a decent career or a decent salary being a ride operator. Fortunately, I just think that's the nature of the business. But also, if they just paid employees more, maybe they'll take their job more seriously. Yeah, like create demand for the jobs. Right. And it was a bummer that, you know, Daredevil was down. Because that was a ride I was looking forward to on the trip because I haven't been on too many Eurofighters and, you know, it looked original. But I just saw a couple test runs. Yeah, that one was fun. It's like, uh, it's definitely unique because it's not like any of the other Eurofighters. Maybe if they add like a launch coaster or something like that, then maybe I'll go back someday and get the credit, but don't really just plan on stopping in. Even if I do have the pass, it's not really worth my time. Oh man, Goliath and Mindbender? Mindbender, I I can't say that it you know surpassed my expectations. It was, I don't know. I was probably expecting like, I think Mindbender at um, was it Galaxy World, Galaxy Land at yeah. Edmonton? Like I was probably expecting something like that. I'm thinking this is gonna be an awesome Schwarzkopf, but it was, it was okay. The loops were forceful, but it felt kind of slow in places. Yeah, I mean the ride it doesn't really. I mean, like, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I love the ride, but I also think that it's, 
I definitely understand like why it wouldn't be a lot of people's, you know, favorite or whatever. It's because it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's slow. It's, it has a weird pacing. You know, it's kind of like you go, you're up in the air, you, you crawl around the turn and then you drop, you go through the loop, you go up another turn, drop again, exactly. go through another loop. It was just, it was just another credit for me. It was nothing that really stuck out. I mean, it's cool riding a Schwarzkopf because you don't really ride those every day. But yeah. it's just, it's just, it was there. And, um, but like when it comes to Goliath, I mean, Goliath could be an exception for me going back, but I rode it seven or eight times. So it's not like I got one ride on it that they were, I got to give credit to those ride ops because they were getting people through. But, uh, well, I mean, Scorcher too. Okay. Scorcher. I have a funny story with that. So I'm like riding a uh, green lantern at, great adventure has a little bit of a different system than georgia scorcher I'm probably because georgia scorcher was like the last stand-up ma- made by b&m but georgia scorcher has like the system where you can go up and down and it's like all automatic so like yeah, have you guys been on georgia scorcher yeah 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 so like you know how when you like you step on it it can like go to wherever your height is like automatically you know what i'm mm-hmm. kind of saying yeah. Like Green Lantern, they have to like come and adjust it. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So like I was messing around with it and I was jumping up and down. The thing locks when I'm up and I rode the whole ride with my feet not touching the ground. <laughs> oh, God. Ow. So that was my experience on <laughs> George's Scorcher. But my, some of my friends, they really love riding yeah i probably would have enjoyed it more if i was actually standing up but not a very comfortable position especially for a guy yeah all right heads up i gotta i have like a 20 minute um light so okay then let's power through these questions all right let's do this all right what's the longest you've ever waited in line was it worth it and what was the ride Definitely not worth it. It was Superman at Six Flags New England VR. So that's when I was running VR. We had four and a half hours. That is, yeah, no. Oh, if we're shit. talking about um, if we're talking about other rides, I waited about the same time for Flight of Passage at Disney. That was definitely worth it. I love Flight of Passage, but I can't say Superman was worth four and a half hours. No, fuck no. That's insane. Especially with that janky VR. It was cool, but I don't I don't know why I did it. In the end, like it was kinda cool. Like um it wasn't like a it wasn't a super packed day. And Superman's line when I go is never more than twenty minutes. So for it to back up more than four hours, that is ridiculous. Their operations were horrendous. Another side story real quick is um, they keep the back when they had VR, they put the VR masks in a bin and they, that's how they moved them around to clean them and carry them. And right up left the bin on the train for Superman and they had to press the emergency stop button when it was going up the lift because it fell. And that was another 25 minutes of having to have maintenance come down and deactivate the whole emergency stop wasn't that oh, bad wow. though it could have been a lot worse but it was uh, still Damn. a fun thing to witness 
because if they didn't catch that, those things would have been flying throughout the throughout the course. But they fell on people that were in a row, and they just like screamed. But they had the VR masks on, so it's not like they saw the bin there when the train was moving. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of a fun story, but yeah. So, what's the best kitty coaster you've been on? Kitty coaster. If if we could say more family, I would say Dragonflyer. But if we're saying kitty, hmm, I don't know. The, the thing that comes to mind right now is is Dragonflyer. I know that's more of a family coaster. It's a little more intense. But Dragonflyer is such an underrated ride that I don't know. If I could say Dragonflyer, then yeah, that's my final answer. All right, sure. We'll allow it, right, Ben? What was that? We'll allow it, right, Ben? You know yeah, what? Air I... Grover. Air Grover at BGT. That's my favorite kitty coaster. Air okay, Grover. that definitely qualifies. Air Grover is like top three in the park. It's going to be Iron Gwazi Montu Air Grover. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just messing. So, have you ever asked a ride operator out? No, unfortunately, no. That'd be kind of a dope story. Yeah, like uh, off script follow up. Are you planning to at any point? I mean, I guess if the time is right, but not really planning on anything. I mean, who knows? That'd be kind of dope. I kind of want to know. Yeah, like, and if what what department would you want them to be in if you were to ask? Like, like would it be right up or a different department? This, like, if I were to have the benefits of you know dating someone in that department, if we're talking like big, like higher up, not right up, I have to say someone that's like the I don't know the one that controls who like what rides get put where. I would date one of those people so I can get those benefits because that would be kind of cool to, you know, say, oh, this coaster would be cool here and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you know, write up, it's fine. Write ups always look like a cool job. Yeah, it's definitely. Would you I mean, ever work as a write up? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. Six Flags is about an hour away from me. So it's kind of a big commute two hours round trip if I wanted to do it. But I mean, yeah, I would love to be a ride up. It's just like, it seems like a cool way to pass time, especially as a coaster enthusiast, quick way to get money. I mean, great America was about half hour or more from where I lived. And I worked there as a ride up and other jobs for a couple seasons. It was really fun. Shit. Ben, Ben worked at Cedar point for a couple seasons, but he lived there. Yeah, which if you ever have a summer free, I definitely recommend working there for the summer. Do you get benefits if you work at Cedar Point? Um, like a, so they probably changed kind of- it, but like you get cheap food and your rent is only 30 bucks a week. or It's, it's probably more now. It's like probably 45 or something. And um, is that staying at the Cedar Point provided, you know, yeah. house? Which they're not. Yeah. And they're not great, but like it's such a fun experience because you're just around a bunch of other like college kids who 
all you do is basically just party and ride rides in your day off. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a blast. It's super fun. so dope. It's yeah, not like, it's like um, dorms, right, Ben? Yeah. So like, and also, I mean, when I was there, the, the reason why I liked it too is because like, if you work at your home park or you work at like a Six Flags or something, you know, sure you're working at the park, but your day-to-day stuff, you know, like at the end of the day, you just kind of go home. Whereas Cedar Point, you're like living the fucking park all summer. So, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's like living, it's like living in like a summer camp you know, comedy, romantic comedy kind of movie. It's it's an experience and like, I don't know. I think it beats Disney, which I'm sure it's, you know, Disney's probably like working at, or it's like uh, going to college. Yeah. Cedar Point's like, yeah, like the college program. Sleazy as shit. I mean, still Cedar Point though, that'd be kind of cool. Just, you know, hang out with people your age and then go back the next day. Like just for me being around coasters and that, you know, day after day, even if I am just a ride up, that just sounds cool to me. Yeah, because the thing is, is like you become friends with everybody in the park that you work with, and so like when you're done with work, you just go to out to eat in these like huge groups of like twenty people, and you know it's like, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's super social. It's so much fun. You should do it, man. You're 15. I mean, I'm looking for a job, so I mean that's definitely an option. It's just the commute every day, and even being a, a student. But uh, well, yeah, for Cedar I, Point, maybe I, I not like this summer, but like, like yeah, Six Flags New England, maybe. Yeah, no, take those opportunities, man. Yeah, actually, Do sounds kind of dope. The big thing about it is like, if I get employed and then I become like the some sort of flat ride ride up or you know, food stand. Like, can you apply to specifically say I want to be like a coaster ride up? Like, can you do that? Depends on the park. You have to probably um say a ride host or whatever you like you can do it by departments but then maybe in the interview they might allow you you know they might like jot a note down if you have a request yeah like when i worked at uh great america you know i was i was like you i was like 16 and my job working as a ride op and i wanted a coaster and they put me on uh the bumper cars and the carousel and I just worked my ass off doing that for a bit, like a month before the season even started. And then they're like, okay, we're going to cross chain you for like Superman and Wizard. I think so like uh, even if you get stuck on stupid shit from the get go. I think that I heard something with SeaWorld. Like SeaWorld doesn't allow like the new coaster new write-offs like you got to be like kind of experienced not that that really relates but kind of a fun note to throw in like you kind of gotta have more experience to operate a newer ride at SeaWorld yeah well seniority plays a part in everywhere it's just a just a thing unfortunately but you know there's always annoying shit and with that there's annoying shit at uh, theme parks so I'm guessing the most annoying experience you've had was uh, one of the stories you told us earlier with a theme park employee? Yeah, it's got to be with, um, you know, if we're talking like annoying, it's got to be when they like kept refusing my camera. Especially That's ridiculous. When I was, especially when I was bringing it to like a lot of Cedar Fair and SeaWorld parks. 
and even like even it's a great adventure in America and over Georgia, but denying it at New England, like that's just annoying. Like it's like I'm I'm like a harmless little kid. Like can I just take my pictures and do my footage? I'm not here to. I'm like I've been to Six Flags so much. I just want to do that and leave. But you know, I guess uh, new policies. So they're not letting any more like monopods or anything like that into the parks. So you know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they find their way and take note from SeaWorld because SeaWorld knows what they're doing. Right on. So, uh, you got any Rob Alvey stories? As of now, I don't. I think it'd be kind of cool to have one eventually. But with that said, you know, it might not be a good story. But who knows, you know? I would love to meet that guy. He seems like I got to respect him for like his content because a lot of people hate on him, but you can't deny he is the best POVs and he's been doing it for such a long time. You know, I respect him for that, but as of now, the one thing though about his POVs though, is like, I feel like he doesn't even film them anymore. Like, um, he, most of his content is either it's like given to him by the park or, it's sent to him by his like users. I feel like he doesn't really film POVs anymore. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, yeah, you could definitely be right on that. Cause I know this like every general... time, every time a ride opens, it's usually park provided footage. True. I don't know. I feel like, uh, whenever a new ride opens, like I always feel like he's has like a reverse POV or something. Kind of like how he throws some of those in at the end of his videos. Like yeah. uh, Fury that opened at Baba Jaland in uh, Belgium. Like that opened and he was there. So I don't know. You could definitely be right on that though. Yeah, but I he's also see got like, it. he's got like people, like minions who go to parks. He gives them the credentials. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that many POVs and I could definitely understand what you're saying from there. I guess from a channel-wide point of view, his content's good, no matter how he gets it. But Well, no, I don't think Ben or I would argue that on that point on that all at all. Yeah. It's just like there was a point where he did, you know, he was like the main point of contact. He would travel to the parks. He would, you know, set up the GoPro or the, you know, the lipstick camera. And... Yeah, that lipstick camera. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there is a point where he was doing all that shit himself. And at the time, I mean, he was really the only person doing it, which was pretty cool. Um, and then like it just slowly evolved into him basically being like a, a Disney blog mom and, uh, you know, a clickbait person. I could see that. But, uh, I don't know. As of now, I don't got any stories, but. You know, who knows what the future has for me. Well, uh, yeah. well, what park has the most overweight guests, in your opinion? Overweight guests. I mean, in my opinion, probably SeaWorld, Orlando. I well, feel it's Orlando. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, the whole not being able to ride because the restraint won't lock happens quite a bit on Mako. So, I mean, if I was to just throw out a guess, I'd probably say SeaWorld Orlando. 
there's a I whale mean, joke in here somewhere, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's too easy. I, <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess, like, you know, it's kind of like a tourist. You know, like, why don't we just stop in at SeaWorld while we're in Orlando? We got time to kill. So maybe uh, that can draw in some heavier guests, but. Yeah, yeah it's definitely the crowd that's like, hey, we're going to Orlando. Oh, we're going to Disney World? No, we're going to Orlando. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I, that's actually dead on. Because who really goes to Disney and that's like, you know what, let's spend a stay at SeaWorld. It's kind of just like the tourists that are there because of Orlando. Right. Things to do. Like, you know, let's just stop in a SeaWorld. I mean, Disney's rather wide, too, but that's a little different. I mean, Disney's kind of, like, big. Let's draw worldwide. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to have people from all different types of people, you know. But, Ben, I know you have some hot take questions. You ready for some hot take questions, Zach? Oh, yeah. So, uh, what do you consider RMC Topper Track? Is it Wood, is it steel? Is it a hybrid? Does it not matter? I would have to say that it's wood. And I mean, that's because, you know, like calling Lightning Rod of the World's first launched hybrid coaster kind of seems eh. You know, I have to say wood. You know, it's funny, like after, you know, I tend, I did, or I can't even talk. I'm so hungry, dude. I'm, Holy shit. I've been eating in 12 hours. Okay. My take on it was like, I view it from like the actual design of it. But I think after interviewing people, I think it's just easier because it's like, you can't call it hybrid to sound stupid. I'm almost giving up. I'm almost not giving a fuck anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you look at it's the, got a uh, shit the ton of steel in the design, though. No, Ben, you can't give in. We can't be your favorite coaster sucks if we're not doing hot takes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Give me drunk and then let's debate this. But <laughs> I mean, just to sum it up, the iBox, that's like all steel, like steel period on a yeah. wood frame. But when it comes to the topper... You know, it's a wood structure to the track with the whole metal piece that the wheels ride on. And, you know, there's on all wooden coasters, there's metal that the the wheels ride on. At least, you know, the modern ones. And who knows what they have on the, the hundred year old coasters, but it's it's a wood track. I don't it doesn't have that whole steel structure to it. The whole the whole thing that's keeping it together is wood. And it's on a wood frame, just that one metal piece, and then all coaster tracks is gonna have some metal in it. Well, like the the difference though is that topper track is basically um, the steel on topper track. It's basically arrow track. So, like if you look at it, it's got the it's on it's on steel uh, ledgers, and it's braced by like a steel structure. Um, yeah. And instead of instead of there being like a thin strip of steel, it's like two steel I beams, or it's like a giant steel beam. So it's like different. But I, I, I think from a simplicity standpoint, it's easier to just say it's wood. But, like, 
from a design standpoint, I mean, it's basically aero track with like two by fours wedged under the rail. Yeah, I can. I definitely understand that. Like the whole, you know, cross ties being steel. Then again, like the whole base at the, the whole thing that's supporting what the wheels are riding on is wood. That's it. Uh, I mean, but on top of track, it's steel. So like the, the the three wheels are hugging a solid steel rail. It's not like a strip of of steel like it is on a wooden coaster, which for me yeah. makes a big difference. Personally. Yeah, I agree with that. Couldn't you just think of that as like a modern take on the old wood? Like, instead of having, let's have three different points of contact on the wood frame, let's just have the one steel frame for the three points of contact. Yeah, I mean, and obviously yeah. it needs that, the two inversions and like vertical drops and, you know, launches and stuff. So it's like, I totally understand why it's there and why it exists. It's just, it's just fun to like. I think for me, the only thing that bugged me was when I remember this was this this debate hap was like fucking back in like 2013 when everybody was like licking the asshole of RMC and people were going on like poster message boards and argue like people were bringing up the fact like hey like it what what do we consider this this is the only you know what i'm saying like when when outlaw run was the only rmc topper track ever in existence it was like all right what is this this is different like how do we classify it and so what was happening was like you know people were coming in it's like well like you know the top instead of there being you know top two layers of wood there's all steel and there's steel bracing and the steel ledgers but like everyone who was licking the ass of rmc at the time was like no it's it's without a doubt a hundred percent wooden coaster. It's there's no difference, you know. So it just started this like fun debate that triggers people. So like when you think of like Steel Vengeance, to like the GP, you know that's going to be like a wood coaster. Yeah, and, and also like a, you know, um, um, fuck at Energylandia, whatever. Uh, yeah, Zadra. The park calls that a wooden coaster. It's marketed as a wooden exactly. coaster. Exactly. And like people, when they look at it, they're going to think wooden coaster. And honestly, who really cares? The GP, they can think what they want. But yeah. if they're calling that a wooden coaster with steel track, then, you know, a wooden coaster with, you know, 50% wood, 50% steel track. Yeah. No, you know, this is just a fun debate for us nerds. Yeah. And at the end of the day, exactly. I will take whatever stance pisses off RMC fanboys. That's really all I'm trying to do. <laughs> Honestly, same, <laughs> same. Like I said yet last week, every time somebody puts Steel Vengeance or Fury in their t- in their number one, I like knock it down one on my list. Like that's <laughs> me. I have yet to ride Steel Vengeance. I'm hopefully gonna get out there for maybe Coaster Mania. If not, then I think August. I don't want Steel Vengeance to be my number one because I it's too casual. That's just not. I yeah. think I know what to expect. I think it's I'm going in with it being overhyped. I think I I'm mean, gonna get like, off of ex- it and be like, eh. Yeah, I mean, expect a very good ride. Like it's it's as like a ride experience. Exactly. It's very good. Like I was definitely surprised by how long it was, how intense it was, but I still didn't think it was like my number one coaster. I still when I got off of Steel Vengeance, I was really just kind of like, that was crazy. Like. Where the fuck do I put that on my list? Because I have nothing else to compare it to. 
Um, and then like I wrote Magnum with some of my friends and like we laughed our ass off and I was like, all right, I had way more fun on Magnum than I did on Seal Vengeance. So that kind of tells me something. Exactly. So. Like for me, I rode uh, Slinky Dog at Hollywood Studios with some friends. That is not an extreme coaster by any means, but just, you know, just laughing with them and having a good time that yeah. adds to the experience so much. Oh yeah. And I don't know when I, I I'm expecting a quality ride from Steel Vengeance, you know, RMC oh. doing their magic. But it's just I, I I'm expecting a long ride with lots of airtime. You know, I Well, and also it's what what I what I found interesting about Steel Vengeance was that like the way that RMC I mean, obviously Coaster technology has advanced so much, so you know, rides are now designed to be so precise that there's no variability to them whatsoever. It's kind of like the best way I can sum up Steel Vengeance is like you're either in two. It's like there's two modes of the ride. It's kind of like you're switching from one to the other. You're, you're switching from positive G's to negative G's, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're feeling bumps in the track. You're not getting thrown around. You're not, you know, shuffling side to side. You're in, you're sitting perfectly upright in your seat, and you're either against the lap bar or you're against or you're like getting pulled down into your seat, and that's it. And it just alternates from one to the other. And now, so, for someone who has been on Steel Vengeance, would you say that the second half is better than the first half? Uh, yeah, I like the second half. Just you know, with the head choppers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it feels like it goes faster through everything. Yeah. yeah. But here's it's one. Funny. I wrote it. I wrote it. So funny, sir. I wrote it. Um, kind of high and the ride was so long that I basically went into this like hypnotic state to where I wasn't even paying attention to the ride. And then like the ride was over and I'm like, Oh man, like that was weird. That's never happened to me on a ride before. It's where you just sort of like space out. (laughs) Maybe you were enjoying it too much. Was that on your first ride? No, that was like later in the, that was like the ninth ride I took on it. Oh, okay. Okay. Like sometimes, like me, like I'm so excited to ride a coaster, and then like the day finally comes, and like I can't believe that I'm on it. That like I kind of space out, yeah. like I'm enjoying it, but then I kind of like halfway through, and I'm like, okay, you know, that kind of just blew by. You know, Millennium Force first ever Giga, and now we got a new something coming. What do you think, Orion? Is it a Giga or not? It is definitely the world's biggest hyper coaster. I, <laughs> it's the world's, as far as I'm concerned, Kings Island has, uh, has done it once again and added their second hyper. It's, uh, I mean, I don't want to like geek out and be like, oh, stats mean everything. Stats mean that this stats mean that, but Orion is not 300 feet tall and a giga coaster is a 300 foot between between 300 feet and 399 feet, Orion is not that. So what would we classify it? Well, think of a hyper. Hypers have 200 foot plus drop. Orion does not meet the height category, but it has a 200 plus foot drop. So therefore it's a hyper. Or if you want to give it a new name, that would, um, you know, something with a coaster, a coaster with a drop of like 300 feet or more. That's a possibility. No, no, no. You got to just see our meme. You've heard of the Intamin 
mega lights, right? Yep. Orion is the first ever gigalite. Gigalite. <laughs> That's actually a quality meme. The first gigalite. <sighs> you know, I kind of understand that. I mean, everyone's – this is me. I'm being dead ass honest right now. Everybody is calling it a giga because they want it to be a giga. They want Kings Island to have the giga that everyone's been wanting for years. But it's obviously not what we were expecting it to be. And it's, you know, it's it's not a giga. Very controversial opinion, but I... Not that I like it any less because it's not a giga. It's just, I don't think we should give something a name that it's, that it's not. Like, like Apollo. Apollo, giga mega, mega giga. It's not a mega coaster, but it's a hyper because of the drop. Uh, Orion is not a giga, but it's a hyper coaster because of the drop. That makes sense. We're just getting into some super nerdy technicalities. Yeah, That's sometimes, fine. Sometimes I like to just let go, and then I look back at what I'm saying, and I'm like, that is the nerdiest thing anyone could possibly say. <laughs> I mean, again, it's fine. We are on a roller coaster podcast. We're here for a fucking reason. I'm just saying we are all a bunch of fucking nerds. So <laughs> and that does go for you if you're listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, if so, you made it uh, this far in the podcast, I'm pretty sure you're a coaster nerd. Yeah, you know what you, you know what the deal is. If this is your awakening, my apologies. At least you're in a cool place. So, <laughs> do you have any buffet horror stories? Buffet horror stories. I do not. Yeah. I, okay, we'll have to follow up on that. You are still quite young, yes. so we'll have to follow up. Yeah. I'm, we'll get yeah. you in for a follow-up interview at some point. I'm sure you'll have an answer. That would be awesome. I would love to. You'll end up at some horrible Shoney's or Golden Corral. I don't or a like coaster Golden Corral. event. Golden Corral is so ass. Like it's so not good. Like that's I don't know. Some people like it, but I don't know. There's one right next to Great America, so like Ben and I and a bunch of friends, we used to eat there all the time. Cause it's cheap and yeah. I respect that. I mean, I don't know. It's never done anything for me. Oh, no, it's terrible. It's absolutely horrible. There's no doubt about that, but it was cheap. Yeah. I mean, you know, as long as so, you're getting a good amount for, you know, cheap price. Yeah, who really cares? Yeah, and you can sit there for as long as you want. So you go after a park closes. And you and everyone else who's between the ages of like 17 and 22, who's hanging out riding coasters all day, you go and scrape up a couple bucks and <laughs> sit in a booth at Golden Corral for as long as you can. I mean, you know, do you have a horror story? All right, man. So there was a park called Kitty Land here in the Chicago area. Where Great America got the little dipper coaster from. Yeah. So, right before they closed, they had an event for Ace, 
like literally their closing weekend. It was like the Saturday and they closed on Sunday. So like all these acers show up and we all buy the ride and whatever. And there's like a pizza buffet lunch, quote unquote. So it's probably like maybe, I don't know, at least a hundred acers. And they bring out five pizzas. Five pizzas. Yeah. And everything is gone in less than a minute. And then they bring out another three pizzas, and those are all gone in less than 40 seconds. And this is like their their final closing. Yeah. For 100 people. Yeah, I don't know what they, how they calculated that or anything. But, yep. There you go. That's a little bit of a horror story. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about food. Food. When you said Chicago, I was like, okay, there's going to be a murder in this. There's going to be a murder in this horror story. Oh, no, man. Don't let Chicago live up to that reputation. I've lived in Chicago. Just the stereotypes. Yeah, no. I grew up in the suburbs, and I've been living in the city for the past five years. I've not ever seen a single shooting or anything. And like we were talking about roller coasters being like and and roller coaster enthusiasts being more of like a mainstream thing. It's fantastic that it's becoming more than just like old white guys. Exactly. Like it's just like the next generation. And like coaster creators in general, like the uh I'm the content creators, like they you look at people like Coaster Studios who's been around for a while. You know, there's got to be so much inspiration from a guy like him, like bringing people into like the next generation of like, you know, introducing people because there's so many people that, you know, ride coasters and then they get off and like, oh, that's cool. I want to learn more about it. And then like, uh, I don't know, there's an outlet for them to like actually learn about them. You know, it's got to be so inspirational for them. Yeah, I mean, if that makes sense. I'm really, I'm really glad that there's someone cooler than Rob Alvey that's carrying on that same thing. Cause like when Ben and I were, you know, around your age, we found out about theme park review and that was the thing then. And now it's like coaster studios, you know? Yeah. I mean, one day I'll pass coaster studios and subs. Yeah, dude. Imagine that. That'd be so dope. You know, that's my goal right here in the Your Favorite Coaster Sucks podcast. I'm setting that goal right now. Well, I mean, hopefully you're setting the goal more broadly because there's a good amount of us out here who can produce good content and enjoy coasters. Exactly. I think we all have our space and we all would like to see roller coaster enthusiasm become a more mainstream thing honestly like i just imagine how cool it would be if like coaster enthusiasts like obviously never this is just like a fantasy but like if coasters were like the next star wars like star wars is huge obviously we'll never have you know billions of people in the coaster community but something so well known and like us being like the first 
like we've been here and like we've been with it for so long because it's only getting bigger and it's kind of like piques my curiosity to how big it will actually get well we're closer now than we were before because before you had to you know find like i was telling you message boards and shit um now it's like you go on instagram and you can find the hashtags for stuff yeah you know you can find those communities a little easier it's so cool to see how far we've come as like an industry like just reflecting back on the 2010s like rmc was non-existent in 2010 well they were as a you know as a uh, repair company but from becoming like a construction coaster repair company to everybody wants one of their coasters nine years after they open their first one that's cool that is so cool and even to see the industry like in the uh, content creators grow also i mean i don't know so many people are doing it now which is awesome Hope the best to all of them and uh, hope they all find their audience. Yeah. And while we're talking nicely about everybody who's a content creator, um, your favorite coaster sucks. We've got shirts available on Amazon. Type in your favorite coaster sucks and you will find we have two different designs available in shirts and sweatshirts. We got 10 different colors for the shirts, five different colors for the sweatshirts 15 bucks for the shirts. Yo, Zach, you got some shirts too, right, my man? Yes, I do have shirts. The um, pretty much just channel shirts that support my uh, my channel in general. Just, um, you know, just uh, it's on a website called Teespring. You can check it out in my descriptions to any of my videos, also on my channel banner. You know, if you guys go pick up a Theme Park Media t shirt, it would really support the channel and just make my content that much better. So, uh, thank you. Ditto that message. Uh, buy a shirt for Theme Park Media. Buy a shirt for Your Favorite Coaster Sucks. Double that last part and send pictures. Because I'm pretty sure I can speak for on your behalf here. If you send a picture wearing a Your Favorite Coaster Sucks picture to us or a Theme Park Media picture over to Zach, we'll repost your shit absolutely absolutely if if someone sends me a picture wearing a theme park media shirt i will personally like thank you in one of my videos i will personally show your picture and thank you for picking up one of my t-shirts because it's you know it's more than just you know profit it's it's just like having an impact that's just so cool you know absolutely so um Let's get to some fun questions here. All right. I'm going to go with uh, one that's actually not on the script real quick before this la- the second to last one here. Um, Cotton Candy. You a fan, first of all? I actually am. All right. So do you consider it a candy or a snack? Ooh. I mean, this is a double-edged sword because, yes, it should be candy because, you know, it's so sugary. The whole thing is sugar. 
but then again, a snack because it's not like a normal candy; like it's gone. I'd have to say it's more of a candy. I'm gonna agree with because you. It's almost more like a pixie stick. Yeah, like it's not like a snack that you can like just uh, have in the meantime and just have for fun. It's kind of like the whole sugary thing. You can't have it too much. Like you can't have it say as much as Pringles. Not that Pringles are that much better, but you know, it kind of leans more towards that sugary sweet side. It's not the same candy. Yeah. Again, I'm saying it's it's more like a pixie stick. You could have a couple pixie sticks, but it's not going to be like, okay, I'll be fine till lunch. Exactly. Same thing with cotton candy. You don't eat it and then go, all right, I'll be good till lunch. Whereas that's exactly what a snack is for. Exactly. That's kind of like the dividing because, you know, when you have a snack, you know, you come home from uh, work or from school and you're like, yeah, something that'll last me till dinner. Yeah. Cotton candy. That definitely won't do it. That's a, that's a good, that's a valid argument. I'm going to give big shouts to our friend of the show, Drew, the intern from the in the loop channel on YouTube and also the podcast. Definitely go give him a follow on Twitter Check out their videos on YouTube, above all else, because we'll plug our homies here. But he gave us that question, so thank you, Drew. Now, our question's a little more simple, and I'm almost sure I know your answer. Although, if we know you're a Cotton Candy fan, then who knows? You might surprise me. But, Cotton Candy or Ice Cream? Okay, so this is this is the thing with um, I like cotton candy, but you know, with ice cream, there's just so many flavors. You can get such a great variety, and like for me, like orange cream, like the you know that, or like just vanilla. Like I gotta go with ice cream. I love cotton candy, but it's not as much of a you know. Let's go out and get some cotton candy. You know, ice cream's more of that whole you know like that you know that fun dessert. That's not really cotton candy. So I got to choose ice cream. You know, that doesn't surprise me at all. We've not had a single guest choose <laughs> cotton candy, and I'm not surprised by that at all. But maybe you'll surprise I mean, me on yeah. this one. Which mouse do you prefer? Dead or Mickey? So... You know, I I grew up with Mickey and like going to Disney for ages, the whole Mickey cartoons. And I got to say, as much as I like to see like roaming mice dead, you know, it's got to be Mickey. I mean, you're familiar with the reference, right? Yeah. Wait, what was it? Dead mouse. So you might need to cut this. You're good. No, I, I'm not familiar. No, you don't know Dead Mouse? The reference. No. The DJ? I think that just seals it that I prefer Mickey more. That's fine. No, that's fine. <laughs> I thought I was trying to be clever. Apparently, I'm just reinforcing how much of an old fucking man I am. 
Jesus Christ. Oh, when you said dead mouse, I thought it was more of a reference of like, you know, mice are dead. Or would you prefer a dead mouse or Mickey? Like you really just don't like Mickey. No, no. Like it's spelled <laughs> dead mouse five. Still don't know what the no hell I'm talking about. Okay. I have no clue. Do I mean, I respect it. Okay, this dead, real this quick. dead mouse guy sounds cool. Type it into Google. All right. I got you. Dead mouse? Yeah. Dead mouse five. M-A-U five. Okay. Just so you don't think I'm fucking bullshitting. Oh, so, so he's a DJ, kind of, you said. Yeah, that, just you know so you don't think I'm bullshitting you on this question That's here. kind of weird. All right, well, that kind of changed my view a little bit on the question. You know, I still got to go with Mickey because nostalgia, growing up with him. That's fair. I'm going to say at least play a couple of his songs on YouTube or something. Is he like modern or is he kind of like a like an older? Uh, like he had his peak. Mm, he's had his peak, but it was in the 2010s. Okay. So it's not like he's like old, old. It's just not that you're going to find anything super new from him okay yeah i'll definitely look into him because it's actually kind of interesting but uh yeah well that's where that question comes from i just didn't want you to not have any idea what the hell i was talking about here on this show (laughs) for fuck's sake i mean it would have been kind of it would have been funny if you were saying something like would you prefer a dead mouse or would you prefer Mickey Mouse? That's kind of a funny question, not going to lie. No, like, here's the thing. I'm not surprised that he's not so relevant that you wouldn't know who he was. But also, it just ha- it makes me have to reconcile with how many years I've actually been alive. You're not that old. You gotta give yourself a break. You're not that old. I mean, you said you were 30? Yeah, I'm double your age. So that but means... In, that's not that bad. But that means since you've come online, like, because you're not aware until you're at least, like, about five, you know? Yeah. So, like, since you've come aware, Dead Mouse has become the biggest DJ DJ in the world. To where, it's not even like a trivia question to you, you know. Yeah. So it's like, I have to reconcile that type of thing. You know, like maybe people my age do know, but maybe I'm just not up to date. No. Because, I mean, if he was in the 2010s, then I feel like I should have heard of him. I mean, by 2014, that's pretty much he was, like, at his peak. So, if Dead Mouse was a coaster, what coaster would he be? Ooh. Um. Goliath at Great America. Goliath at Great America. 
packs a punch, but it's kind of short. By 2014, it was at its peak. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's actually good. Goliath is like baby Zadra. It's the thing about it is it's not bad. I'm not trying to shit on it specifically. It's just so short. Yeah. I mean, it's got a stall, so maybe that adds to it a little bit. The stall's epic. I mean, that's like the stall of stalls for RMC. I think my first stall, because I have yet to go on a stall, I think it's going to be Pantheon. That's going to be my first stall. So it's not even going to be an RMC. But, you know, who knows? Maybe Jersey Devil will open. I'll get to that first. And then Great America is on the list for the 2020 road trip. So hopefully I'll get to go out there. We like to close everything out by paying tribute to a dead ride. And since you're our guest here, it's only fitting that you get to pick. So what dead ride are we going to pay tribute to, Zach? We got to pay tribute to my first coaster, which was the Big Bad Wolf at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. That ride is what uh, got me into coasters. I'm forever thankful for it. And it was just a good ride. And it's sad it's no longer with us, but we have Verbolton. And Verbolton's still a good ride, but sometimes I just miss the wolf. Yeah, that was fun. I haven't been on Verbolton, but Big Bad Wolf was really awesome. That was legendary. The night rides it gave. Like, uh, I have still, I have yet to go on some coasters, which, which, uh, I here have amazing night rides. But I mean, can you be swinging through a European village half in the forest, half not in the dark? Like, it's, it's just cool, you know? I enjoyed it. It's, especially being my first coaster in that age where, like, not everything about the world makes sense yet. It just makes the yeah, experience so much better. Right. No, I know what you mean by that. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're young, like you see things. Like I vividly, like I remember seeing things, like specifically that if I heard like a six year old say, I would be like, okay, yeah, you're making things up. But I remember like thinking of like certain things and physically seeing them. But well, you know, if I said it yeah, now, yeah. it'd be crazy. No, I know what you're talking about. Like, um, do you mean like when you're the way you perceive rides as like, like when you're young? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And like life like, in general. Cause like, yeah, like with the big coasters, like they just don't look the same, you know? I remember, yeah, like I remember um, riding the train at Great America and going under Iron Wolf. And I was convinced that half of the ride hung you upside down. (laughs) Like when you look at it, like it looked like half of the track was just upside down and it was like, whoa, that ride's crazy. You stand up and you're upside down all the time. Um, That was like me with SLCs. For some reason, I thought SLCs started upside down. So like, how do they (laughs) even get in the seats? Because like, that was like the the big thing for me. Yeah. (laughs) I think the big, big thing was Shikra. I don't know why I was eight years old. So like, there's no really, there's really no excuse for this one, but I was eight years old, saw Shikra and I swear it was like, there was like at the top of the drop, I saw a loop. Like it was just the whole 
Immelman just blended with the drop, and it was just I still remember it, but it was um pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, that's Damn. so that's so crazy though, because like I know exactly what you're talking about, and I've never I don't think I've ever thought about that before. Um, yeah. for me too, like uh, flat rides were that way too. Like I would watch a flat ride operate, but I never saw it in. It was almost like I never saw it in the loading position, and it was like, how do the people get on the ride? <laughs> Facts. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I had the same <laughs> same idea. Like. Yeah. A little off topic from coasters. Like, I remember when I was young, so strange. Like, I was on like a small boat and like, like I slipped or something. My head went underwater. And I remember to this day seeing a goldfish in crystal clear water. Now, it was a pond, it was disgusting, and there was no goldfish in there. But I remember to this day seeing it. But if I got up and I said to my dad, Hey, I just saw a goldfish, you know, it's such a childish thing to say. Because right. obviously not, but I just I remember it to this day that I did see that, and it's just kind of weird. I don't know. No, totally. Oh, <laughs> the other weird thing I thought at Great America was with Shockwave. I thought the entrance and the exit of the ride was outside of the park because the ride was in a parking lot. Yeah, and so in the parking lot, there's this giant exit sign. Which is for the cars, like, you know, exit of the parking lot. But for, I always thought it was, like, the exit to Shockwave. And, like, you would ride the ride and, like, get off and then be in the parking lot. And then, like, I thought that until I was, like, eight or nine. I could, I could understand that. Like, did you get to ride a coaster when it just, like, didn't make sense? Yeah, like, uh, Demon was that way, too. Um like at the time I thought the loops were like like I didn't I didn't know there were two loops. Like I thought that or I thought it was like one or like the corkscrew were the loops or something. Like riding the loop it felt like a corkscrew. And then I felt like the corkscrews like held you upside down. Yeah. Or something. Like but yeah, it didn't make sense. Or like American Eagle having a vertical drop. Oh, that's like the big thing for me. Thinking like, uh, <laughs> thinking like the coasters go straight down. Yeah. When they when they clearly don't. Yeah, totally. Shit. The big throwback to like the the good days. I don't know, like, right? Who, Shit, like, like I'm sober, us. but like. It'd be fun. That's a good discussion topic for a, uh, for like a campfire. Exactly. Like if I were to be my six year old self again and perceive things in that way and just run around Bush Gardens or Dollywood or, you know, Cedar Point in today's world, that'd be so cool. Like I'd go crazy. It would just be, I mean, you could take like, I mean, this is not a suggestion, uh, but when you're 18, you could do acid and go to a park. I think that's a little of a stretch. But I mean, <laughs> I know. Hey, you know, if you're down to that, I mean, you can do what you want, man. Your favorite coaster sucks does not endorse the use of illegal substances. <laughs> right. I, so I, I said, not a suggestion. 
not a suggestion, just I've never done drugs and I don't plan on it. China, this is my goal. Trying not to do drugs and I'm trying to live my life without working for anybody. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, that's a good goal. If like just luckily, if my channel were to like grow a little bit to the point where I was able to support myself as a teenager, obviously not buying a house or anything, but you know, able to um you know get food every once in a while. And I was able to go to college and still be able to support myself just money every week or whatever. And uh eventually own my own business. That'd be so dope. Now don't get me wrong, if I was working for like RMC or something then Hell yeah, I'd definitely break that, but as of right now, why not just shoot for it? I forgot we were still recording. Um. <laughs> Honestly, me too. I just glanced at my computer and it's like 10 minutes recording and I'm like, oh. I'm going to be no, honest. I put my shit on mute and went to go take a piss because nice. I've been drinking vodka and Diet Cokes all night. It's a good call. I had I just ate sixty dollars worth of sushi in like ten minutes. That was a bad idea. Well, well, I'm like lit now, and I have another drink poured. So, and the bowl is packed. Holy shit! You got a night ahead of you. Well, you know what that means. So, Zach, we're horrible influences on you. That's uh, all right. I've uh, I've had some pretty bad influences on me in the past. You're not you're not that bad compared to some other people that I've uh, encountered. But just don't do any of the stuff that we do except for coasters, and you'll be good. <laughs> you're the role models of do the exact opposite. You're the uh, the um don't do what he does student in class you know perfect except for coasters yeah i mean really just just don't do anything because other people want you to do it yeah exactly really, like, like i don't know that's really what it comes down to like just don't do shit that other people want you to do do, like, sh- I love do myself shit for yourself too much. i love myself yeah too much. i i'm with that don't do anything anyone else tells you to do. Oh shit! So speaking of coasters, it looks like somebody built a B and M forty coaster in Roller Coaster Tycoon three. What? Really? I mean, like it's just it's just like you know game hacks. Uh, so it's not like, um, so it's not like an actual ride type, but it looks. Interesting. I um I saw something a while back. Just can, can you like just process how crazy it'd be for a B and M forty coaster? Because like X two haven't been on it, but like I heard the janky movements. But imagine if it was all computer and like it goes by a sensor and that tells it to flip. So it's all just butter smooth. That just be oh my so god, cool. that would have so much downtime though. I mean. I guess maybe not. Like I be, I bet like if B&M did it, they could pull it off, but um 
I my my thing though is like I could totally see if B and M were to build one, I could see it basically being like air, like you know, like a ride that's only I don't even know how high air is like fifty feet, sixty feet, um, and that's like very gentle. So that's like I could see like air being the B and M forty coaster. I don't think it's going to be like X two with a vertical drop and you know, crazy like Raven turns and stuff. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be like a, basically a family coaster if they do one. That'd be a, it'd be kind of cool if uh, they just like took the average wing coaster and then that's the layout, but then they, they modified it for the, for the 40. Cause like how cool would it be for a, to be the top like gatekeeper and then like be upside down and then just, I don't know. Have that wing over drop, like spin. Yeah, be kind of like a cool uh, sensation. Especially yeah, someone, back, is, someone is telling me that that's the tallest inversion. Still, I don't know if that's true. It really depends because it's either that or steel curtain. Like the um, the zero G roll on Ejinaika, that looks mental. Because the whole idea of like when you're um, above the track, you're going forwards. When you're below the track, you're going backwards. And when you throw that whole zero G into it and the things are flipping you to make sure you're not going upside down, you're forward, sideways, backwards, sideways, forward. That's cool. That takes some brains to figure out. Yeah, like it, if you, it's like uh, when you try to build it in Roller Coaster Tycoon and it was always kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> Yeah, like uh... <laughs> I just made a a video on this, but uh, I was there's a video on Axis. Could Axis be the next Edge of Nika? Uh, do you think like there's a, in a there's it's possible to have Axis get developed into like this hypersized next gen 4D coaster? Like it's not 4D, but how cool would it be to have like 200 foot barrel roll drop? You know, that would, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Like, could you see that oh, happening? Yeah. I could see SNS being able to do it. Um, I feel like they're, they're kind of the last company that's really able to build like crazy prototypes. I hope we get uh, to see more of their launch coasters. Cause I hear, hear nothing but great things about them and, I mean, you guys yeah, are like, um, and their and their downtime is getting a little better. Like SNS rides used to be known for downtime, but yeah. I feel like they're getting better. Like so. in general, like since 2018, like they just like snapped, and now like they're really trying. They're pushing new concepts, and yeah, not sure what it is, but they, uh, they're really making a difference, and that's good. I like to see that. I like the. There's one video too with the access where it has a. So it has a lift similar to those, um, those like X car coasters, you know, the ones that are like, uh, or what is it called? The sky wheel or the, the, the roller coasters that are like a giant loop, but they have a twist in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? You like get lifted up vertical and then you do a quarter loop half corks or half barrel roll, half barrel quarter loop. And then you drop down back through the station. 
Yeah. You know, so, so the on, on the on the access prototype in one of the videos, they show a lift hill like that. So you like you're, you're going straight up, and then as the lift starts turning, you like rotate, and then you start rocking back and forth as you go down the first drop. That's pretty cool. That whole, the whole IAPA SNS Axis concept, the animation, like uh, looking more into it because I like to like break it down to see as much as I can. The ending of that ride, it's not really shown all that much, but that ending Loki looks pretty crazy because it's doing like these inline twists and then like they continue into turns. That looks cool. So what is was this in a in one of the videos or the yeah so the uh, official SNS animation for their concept that they released at IAPA like the official this is what our concept is um you just like it's it's just on YouTube just look up like Axis SNS concept and then uh, should be one of the top videos and then just watch the uh, whole animation and it's pretty cool to see what they can make. Well, holy shit. It's gotten way later than expected. I mean, it was all worth it, though. It was actually God damn, really God fun. Damn. Yeah. This has been a fun-ass time. Thank you so much for being here, Zach. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank you so uh, much. Excuse me. Check them out on YouTube, Theme Park Media. Yeah, also, also Instagram. For that theme park media underscore follow if you if you want to totally <laughs> please do uh give us a follow any of the socials please give us five star rating and buy their merch yeah buy a t-shirt and i better expect to see some um some of your favorite coaster sucks t-shirt sold like everyone who's watched this far like you better pick up a t-shirt i hope so please buy a shirt but even if you don't please leave us a five-star rating leave a a i don't know what it's called a comment in apple Podcasts because that's where most of our listeners listen to and Say whatever you like. I don't care what it says. Give us a follow. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tumblr for whatever fucking reason. Um, Wherever you find us, give us a follow. Uh, We're on Patreon, so kick us a buck if you'd like. Uh, Buy a shirt. That's cool. It's on Amazon. And that's pretty much it. Thanks a bunch for listening. And until next week, your favorite favorite coaster coaster (laughs) song.